Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is seven things to inspect when buying a house that your inspector, your agent may not. And it's not because they're bad people, not because they don't provide tremendous value in your transaction, but what we're talking about here is somewhat outside the scope of what they provide, but yet it's so critical that you verify these things. They can really make or break the decision of purchasing the home. And that's whether you're going to live in the home or if you're going to have an investment for a long-term period of time, especially a vacation rental. Look, if you're doing wholesaling or house flipping, some of these things are going to apply, but not all of them. And this is so important because so often what happens is after you buy the house, it's two, three, four months later, you're like, oh man, I wish I would have known that before the purchase. And that's what this is going to try to help you avoid, any of those gotchas. And this has come from the school of hard knocks. Thousands and thousands of house transactions over two decades, I have seen an enormous amount in this business. And so that's what you're going to learn right here. So let's dive in to these seven things that you need to inspect when buying a house. Number one is HVAC ducting. What you're looking for is mold inside the ducting, mold inside the air handling system. That can be detrimental. The number one cause for mold inside these is, is what I would call sizing. You don't want to have an air conditioning system that's too big and you don't want it to be too small. You want it to be correctly sized for the load. And so a lot of these air conditioning companies out there, when they're replacing systems, they're not doing load calculations. They're just throwing something in there. And they may have installed it correctly, and it may function correctly, but it may breed mold. And look, this is a big problem right now. There's a lot of people out there that are sick because their air conditioning systems have mold inside the ducting. Now, the ducting can be cleaned, and uh, there's also other systems that I have on all of my properties where there's any level of humidity in that geographical area, and where I have uh, an ionization machine in there, I've got a uh, UV lighting inside the uh, air handling unit. That way, we, there's no way to get any bad air uh, in that property, and I, whether it's my own property I'm living in or a tenant's, so I'm not going to put them through that either. And so, this right here, this is, this is not something that's typically reviewed by an inspector or anyone. But what I do to make sure and verify if there's any mold is I will stick my hand inside the ducts where the uh, the vents are. Like I'll take the, the vent off and I'll feel around. And then, of course, I'll have an air conditioning guy come out, open up the uh, air conditioning system, the air handling unit, and have him look all around to see if there's any mold anywhere. Those are the two places where mold are going to collect, right before the air comes out of the vents and they're in the air handling system. So check this out, because if it's the wrong size system, what's going to happen, you're going to have to replace the, the entire system to get the right sizing so that you can get rid of that bad air, get rid of that mold that's in those ducts. And if uh, if you don't do that, look, it, it could be the cause of all kinds of illness and sickness. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with my own home and, and living there and friends and family. And I'll say that they've been sick, you know, kind of chronically. And I'm like, did you check your ducts? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, get someone to check your HVAC ducts, get a flashlight in there. Lo and behold, it's full of mold. I'm like, well, there's your problem. You've been breathing in terrible air for years. Get it fixed. All right, so that's number one. Check those HVAC ducts for mold. Number two, inspect the property on a rainy day. Oh, it's a blessing when it's raining when you go to look at a house. Anytime I go to look at a house and it's pouring down rain, I'm like, thank you, Lord. 
because it tells you so much about what's going on. Not only, of course, if there's a roof leak, that's obvious, but moreover, where the water goes, where it flows once it hits the ground. I'm going to give you a great example. There's one deal I was looking at. It was, it was going to be a home run, and I was doing an inspection prior to closing, and I saw on the weather that there was going to be rain in like three days, so I told the inspector I want to get it inspected on this date, hoping it would rain. Sure enough, it was raining the day he showed up. And I got there toward the end, and what I noticed was water was flowing from the road down the driveway, and it was going right into the front yard. And it turned out that the, the layout of that house, the front yard is also where the septic and the drain field was. And what was happening was all that water was just sitting there, and it was backing up the system, and it was nasty. And there really wasn't a great solution that was going to be anything less than about, about $15,000 to fix. Completely killed the deal. I would not have noticed that if I would have never looked at the property on a rainy day. Now look, this doesn't apply, of course, if you're in Las Vegas or Phoenix or something, you're in the desert. But anywhere else, you need to see that property on a rainy day to see where the water flows. Unless, of course, we're talking about at the top of a mountain and you know it's flowing down. Look at the property on a rainy day. It can teach you so much about so many things that can damage the property, namely water. And when water collects and it doesn't flow correctly, it can be very expensive to get it to flow correctly. Number three is flood zones. I'm not talking about when the house is in a flood zone, because you'll know that, especially if it's listed. The real estate agent will, will, uh, will disclose that. It's when it's not in a flood zone. You still want to study where the flood zones are in relation to your property. And if you're in the United States, you can use the FEMA flood maps. FEMA will show you and it'll have the colors of where those flood zones are. You want to know where you are in relation to these because even if you're not in one, you can still be flooded. This is real world. This happens a lot more than most people ever imagine. I think buying flood insurance in many parts of the, of the country is just such a bargain, especially when you're not in a flood zone, because this stuff happens. These rivers, they flood. I mean, there are just crazy weather events. In, in 2010, in May, in Nashville, Tennessee, we had a freak 500-year flood where a rainstorm just stopped over the city, didn't move, and just dumped 14 inches of rain in less than a day, and a whole lot of damage occurred. Heck, uh, this past week, I'm, I'm, I'm one of my uh, areas of Florida where I own some property, we've had over 10 inches of rain in three days and nobody else in the state even got rain out of nowhere. And uh, now I spent a lot of money to, to work on the drainage for that particular property, so we're all good. The point is you've got to be aware of where flood zones are in relation to yours and you may still want to buy flood insurance. And you can do that by verifying with the FEMA flood map where you are in relation to that. Number four is sinkholes. Okay, so maybe you don't have a sinkhole problem in your area, but there's a lot of areas that have experienced sinkholes. And of course, Florida is like the king of them. But uh, there's actually a map that you can go to and you can look up sinkholes and see where your house is in relation to those. So yeah, that would be really awful, right? So there's several different sinkholes all around this house. You buy it unaware, and then boom, you have a sinkhole problem. And once it happens, there's no really way to fix it. That's like the ultimate awful gotcha. So number four, verify if there's any sinkholes nearby. Number five is sales history. 
Now, this is truly fascinating to me. A lot of times, a real estate agent that you're that's helping you buy a house is going to tell you how much the previous person bought it for when they bought it and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about going detailed into history and in seeing over a long period of time what's happened with that house. The tool that I use is PropStream. I think it's the absolute greatest tool that's ever come out in the history of real estate investing for allowing you to get research on a house. And so, yes, you can get sales history for some other places, but PropStream has so many nice bells and whistles. I'll give you a story about sales history. So I was looking at this one house that a family member was looking to purchase, and um, it was very odd because I, I saw where it had been listed and then what it had sold for. And then five years later, what it had been listed for, what it had sold for. And each time, it had sold for a lot less than list price. And this happened three times in like eight years. It just was bizarre. Something was not right about that. And it came to find out uh, there, was a, there was a train track kind of behind the house, but through the woods. And it was hard to see on satellite because the big oak trees had grown over. And so people didn't necessarily realize that there was a, uh, a train track there. And the train would come every 3 and 6 a.m. And it was super loud. So these people would buy these houses, is what I discovered. They'd buy this house, love the house. Then they just could never sleep because these stupid train rolling through. And so they'd always they'd sell it a few years later. right? So uh, when you see a sales history where the house has been sold a bunch of times, you're going to need to look into why that might be. That's peculiar. Because if the house is awesome, if it's a great area, it's a place people love, they love to live, they don't sell very often. Now, again, one or two sales is not a big deal. It's all of a sudden becomes a pattern. So I study the sales history. That tells me a lot about what's going on. It's no different than a car, right? You know, they have this thing called the Carfax. They have these where you can see. And if you've seen where a car has been bought and sold four or five times, it's kind of got to be a limit, right? Because there's a reason why everybody keeps getting rid of it. So sales history has been a big thing for me. And I, I say sales history, but I mean everything about the background of the house. And again, that's what PropStream can help you with. That helps paint a picture of what's really going on that's kind of beyond uh, what you could discover from simply looking at it with your own eyes. There's more to the story, and oftentimes sales history will teach you that. Number six is what I call varied visits. You want to visit the property at varying times. Now, in a perfect world, you would have a lot of experience from time of year perspective so that you don't have to necessarily visit it in the spring, the summer, the fall, the winter. But I'm talking about different times of day and, and different days of the week so that you can start to see if there's some certain things that pop up that nobody would tell you. right? There, there might be on Friday nights, the next door neighbor throws a huge bash every Friday night. Or, or maybe, this is another one, different weather patterns. If the wind is blowing in a different direction, here's an example of that. So I was looking at this one property, and I was telling a friend of mine, and because uh, I had it under contract, and they said, oh, I know where that is. My, my friend used to live there. He freaking hated it. I was like, oh, whoa, why do you hate it? He said, oh, because if the wind was coming out of the west, it was blowing right across this, uh, this trash uh, a processing facility, and so it smelled terrible in that whole neighborhood every time the wind came from that direction. Now, if the wind wasn't coming from that direction, you'd never know. So that's why people would come in and, and they love the house and they buy the house, and then all of a sudden they get a west wind and they're like, oh, now I see why the person sold it. So varying visits. It's different wind patterns, different times of day, morning, afternoon, evening. Look, I'm not saying that you're going to stake the thing out for a couple of weeks, but just vary your visits. Don't go visit the house three times at the exact same time on a Saturday. 
vary it a little bit. That way you can start to get a little bit better of a picture of what's going on. Traffic flows and all kinds of other things that you can only notice by being there. And, uh, and this right here, this has saved my rear end so many times. And of course I hire assistants now to do this a lot but for me. But my goodness, varying your visits. Big, big key. Number seven is to interview the neighbors. This is so powerful. This is the kind of thing that you can learn no way else. You've got to learn it from them and their experiences of living there. But you've got to ask the right questions. So you knock on your door, the door of the neighbor, and you do this with several neighbors, and say, hey, look, I'm not some creep. I'm looking to buy this house here in this neighborhood, and I was just hoping to get a little bit of a better idea of what it's like to live here. Um, would you be willing to share that with me? And then that was, oh, sure, sure, come on in. And then that way you can say, hey, look, I, I think this neighborhood's amazing from what I can tell. But I just wonder if there's some things that I wish I would know about before I buy. Like, are there any things that frustrate you about living here? And be honest with me. I mean, it's, it's not going to necessarily change where I buy or not, but I would like to know ahead of time. And hopefully they'll tell you the real story. They'll tell you that if the airplane, the airplanes from the, uh, the, the air, um, airport across town all go right over that neighborhood just because that's the cleanest route in, or, or maybe there's some creep down the road that's been to jail three times and he's always stealing stuff and causing problems. Uh, that actually has happened to a friend of mine right now. She's literally moving because of this creepo. All right, so there are all kinds of reasons why there are hidden problems you could never learn but the neighbors are going to know. And uh, if you're cool, by the way, they're actually going to really like it as well because uh, chances are they probably don't like the neighbor or the person you're buying the house from. <laughs> and so they're going to love that you're moving in because you sound fun and cool and all that good stuff. So interview neighbors. It can teach you things that there's no other way to learn them. It's super powerful. And here's your bonus number eight. HOAs, homeowners associations, or if it's a condo, it's a condo association or uh, for this acronym, I refer to it as horrible organizations of a-holes. I can't stand associations. They're awful. And this right now, this is a growing, growing trend. A lot of new developments have associations in them. The counties love it. It makes it faster for permitting. And the developers can sometimes make a residual income after the development is over. So this is becoming more and more popular. And it is so difficult in so many respects when you're a homeowner to do basic things and it can make it less uh, marketable when you're trying to resell if you ever do try to resell. Be very aware of the, of the dangers of buying an association. Well, thank you so much. I hope you learned a tremendous amount from this information I shared. And if you want to learn even more about real estate investing, Check out my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. I give it away for free. If you've already got this book, well done. And if you want to be a first-class, market-leading real estate investor, consider my apprentice program, where my coaching team and I, we transform people into money-making machines, and we're crushing it right now. My people are incredibly successful, and you can be too. So check out my apprentice program, apply for that. And uh, lastly, if you haven't already, make sure you watch that video on and to beware of investing in properties that are in associations.